Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 25 called, He Will Swallow Up Death for All. I believe that we are going to be resurrected in our prime. Amen? Woo-hoo! Yes. Could eat anything you wanted. You know. Anyway. Isaiah, go back to chapter 25. Death is swallowed up in victory. Spurgeon says, I will not fear thee, death. Why should I? Thou lookest like a dragon, but thy sting is gone. Thy teeth are broken. O lion, wherefore should I fear thee? I know thou art no more able to destroy me, but thou art sent as a messenger to conduct me to the golden gate wherein I should enter and see my Savior's unveiled face forever. Expiring saints have often said that their last beds have been their best that they have ever slept on. Close quote. You might want to write down Hosea 13, 14 as well, which Paul quotes in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, I will ransom them From the power of the grave, I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. God is is the one mocking death and saying, I'm going to destroy you. And he did. And he did it by his own death. And so Isaiah 25.8 says, He will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord God, look at this, will wipe tears away from all faces and he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth. And here's the guarantee. For the Lord has spoken. And remember earlier we studied that he is perfectly faithful and true to fulfill his word. In Revelation 7, as, uh, go there for a second, as the People have been instantaneously moved into heaven. Um, Revelation 7. They show up. They're a great multitude which no one can number. Revelation 7 verse 9. Here's what John says. He says, after these things I looked. What's happened in the context, Revelation 7, is the 144,000 have been sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. That's Revelation 7, 4, 12,000 from each tribe. They are sealed, I believe, for protection here. And they, they won't be harmed. Uh, if you look at verse 3, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until, Revelation 7, 3, we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their forehead. So the 144,000 are sealed. And then something happens between the 6th and 7th seal After these things I looked, Revelation 7, 9, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, they're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're clothed in white robes. Think of the wedding imagery here. And palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, this is the songs of heaven. Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. 
And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying to me, to John, These who are clothed in the white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Now the great tribulation, tribulation is thlipsis in Greek and it means pressure or trouble. So they come out, they, they have ended up in heaven now and they've been, instantaneously they appear there and for, they're from everywhere, every tribe, tongue, nation and people, they appear. They've come out of the great tribulation, they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. They are Christians, they are saved. And for this reason, they are before the throne of God. They serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall spread another covering over them. Instead of the covering of death, he shall spread his tabernacle over them. Speaking of security and protection, and here maybe even the idea of his Shekinah glory. Look at verse 16. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, Jesus, in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them to the springs of the water of life and who? God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Brothers and sisters, the picture that we get here is that God is going to every individual person in that group and one by one wiping their tears from their eyes to every single person person. Why would God do that? Because he's saying it's over. You don't have to cry anymore. I have accomplished what I promised. I am true to my word. You will be here forever. Death has died. You will see my face. The shroud of death is gone. The Lord himself will attend our tears, moving from person to person until each eye has been dried This is the great scene of the presence of our shepherd, the one who saved us, the one who called us. Go back to Isaiah and we'll finish up. And so there he is. He's destroyed death forever. We've been resurrected. He's judged the ruthless nation. And he's put us on this holy mountain and there's a party going on. And here we are. We're all in our resurrection bodies. We get to see Everybody in their, at their best without the stain of sin, without all the, the, the quirks and the idiosyncrasies and, the, and the, the issues that we all have sometimes in our soul that come out and our personalities or our shortcomings, those are all gone. And we will know even as we are known. There will no, longer, no longer will we see in a, through a mirror dimly, but now face to face. And I believe that the depth of relationships that we will have in heaven, you know, can you think of your best time? Think of, I don't know about you, but I grew up at big family gatherings with big long tables and a lot of spaghetti sauce. And uh, sometimes you had to sit, at the, depending on the event, you had to sit at the little kid's table and then you, got, you went up to the big table and then yet sometimes you had a grandfather who liked to swap people next to him in the head just to keep you in line. So you sat a little farther away from him, positioned yourself correctly, but... Actually, I have very good memories of those times. But I also have these wonderful memories of church gatherings, times when I've been with the saints, 
you know, usually around food because we all like to eat. We all know that that's a foretaste of the banquet that's coming, right? And so we've been together and, you know, you've been able to kick back and just talk to a brother or sister in Christ and you feel that, that common bond, that community, that what we call koinonia, that fellowship. And it's so sweet and you think, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. Sometimes you just pause and you want to take like a, a mental picture, you know, you want to just take a snapshot of that moment and say, this is, this is cool, this is awesome. Well, that's what we're going to get to enjoy for all time. We're going to be seated at a table. We're going to imagine this now. Daniel, Moses, Peter, John, David, anybody that you can think of that's in the kingdom of God will be there as well. Now, the main attraction, of course, will be the Lord, and we will want to stay as close to the Lamb as possible, but there's going to be a lot to do and a lot to see, and obviously a lot to eat, <laughs> and a lot to celebrate. The shroud of death has been removed. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The tabernacle of God is among them, among men. He shall dwell among them. They shall be his people. God himself shall be among them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the first things have, what's the Bible say? Passed off the stage. They are no more. They have passed away. The new heaven and the new earth tell you that there is a new quality to this new creation. And one of the aspects of it is that death has died on Mount Zion and for the people of God. Every time I've been involved in a memorial service or a situation where someone's died, that's where, you know, it hits you, the beauty of these promises. That God has promised us an amazing uh, future. It will be said, a few more verses, in that day, Isaiah 25, 9, behold, this is our God. In verse 1, he said, this is my God. Now he says, this is our God. He will say it in that day. Speaking of the, the end times, behold, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. NIV says, we trusted him and he saved us. This is the Lord, end of verse 9, for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. See the word behold there in the New American Standard. It says, behold, this is our God. I kind of get the idea that when we're there, we're going to go to each other. Look, look, there he is. That's our God, the one who triumphed, the one that conquered, the one that swallowed up death forever, the one who still bears the nail prints in his hands and in his feet and in his side. Look, behold, he's our God. What did we have to do? We had to wait and trust him. Verse nine, what did he do? He saved us. All we have to do is wait and trust. He does the rest. But we know waiting and trusting (laughs) sound easier sometimes than they look. But your job is, In verse 9 of Isaiah 25 is to wait and trust. Wait and trust. He does the saving. 
So you be faithful to the end. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal. If you're resonating with this ministry and you have a heart to see it expand, we would love to hear from you to know that it's making an impact, that you're praying for us, and that you're wanting to support and partner in the work that's being done there. The price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If 70 people give $50, we'll reach that goal. It will help us not only to meet the radio airtime costs there, but also help us expand. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click donate. And then on Kept FM. And help support the broadcast as it goes out into your area. Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com, click donate, and then click on Kept FM. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Bears the nail prints in his hands and in his feet and in his side. Look, behold, he's our God. What did we have to do? We had to wait and trust him. Verse 9, what did he do? He saved us. All we have to do is wait and trust. He does the rest. But we know waiting and trusting (laughs) sound easier sometimes than they look. But your job in verse 9 of Isaiah 25 is to wait and trust. Wait and trust. He does the saving. So you be faithful to the end. For the hand of the Lord will rest. Rest speaks of peace and satisfaction on this mountain. And now a final warning to the prideful. And Moab, right in your margin there, Moab was seen in oracles in chapters 15 and 16, and they really especially in verse 6 and verses 11 through 14, they are um, rebuked for their pride and not turning to God. Moab will be trodden down. So now we see the reverse. This is part of what Isaiah did in that previous chapter. He, He hears the songs from the west to the east, but he says, alas, alas, because even though he's rejoicing in God's glory and majesty and salvation, it's almost like the camera turns and he looks again one more time at the loss and he says, oh no, it's like there's this beauty, but there's also this bitter pill to swallow that there's still Moab. There's still the uh, pride. Uh, they won't turn to God. They won't turn to his security. And so God deals with them. Moab will be trodden down in his place. I think Moab here is a symbol of the prideful. Notice this. As straw is trodden down in the water of a manure pile. Now, I don't know if you can get a much grosser image than that. Uh, I won't give you modern analogies, but I think you can figure them out. A manure pile with water and manure is just not a pretty concoction. And the prideful will be trodden down or beat down into this ugly mixture, into, New King James says, into a refuse heap. And 
This is quite a contrast to those sitting at the banquet table enjoying the choicest of meats and the finest of wines and singing hallelujah songs and getting tours of the holy city and the streets of gold and hanging out with all the pillars of the faith. And these guys are face down in what? Oh no, it's going to be cool. You know, if I reject God, it'll be all right. Well, how's a water mixed manure pile sound to you? Now, the person in this situation who's been trodden down in this concoction will spread out his hands in the middle of it because he still thinks he can get get himself out. As a swimmer spreads out his hands to swim, he'll say, even to the end, I'll get out of this one. I just know it. I know this is a terrible concoction and the Lord of all the earth has trodden me down in here, but I still think I can do it. Swim! Swim! And so he'll begin to spread his arms out. I, I'm going to get out. This is sad. I'm going to get out of this stench. I'm going to get out of this refuse heap. I'm going to get myself out of it. Almost like Samson, remember? When he said, oh, I'll do what I used to do before. I'll deal with the Philistines. I'll get myself out of this. And he did not know that his strength was gone. That the Lord had departed from him. And the Lord will lay low his, here's the key, his pride together with the trickery of his hands. It says, oh, he can tread water all he wants, but he's not going to get out. Because he's tried to do it on his own. And he didn't go to the city of God. He went to the city of man. And it's meaningless. And where does it put you? In a place you don't want to be. And he says, I'll get myself out of this one. I'll get myself out of this mess. And the unassailable fortifications of your walls, you think they're so unassailable, so high, so undefeatable. The unassailable 12 fortifications of your walls, he'll bring them down. He'll lay low, cast to the ground, even to the dust. Father, we are... So grateful to be on the winning team, (laughs) especially in light of this imagery at the end of this message. So much glory, so much to celebrate, so much to rejoice in, so much grace that you have poured our way. All that has been done has been done by grace. We will in that day say, all I did was wait and trust. And, And sometimes I didn't even do that very well. And still he was faithful that he who began a good work in me said he would bring it to completion. Who is the one who overcomes but him who places faith in the Lord Jesus. We don't have to have this magnificent faith, Lord. We just need to have the faith of a mustard seed. Some need their faith to be re-encouraged tonight. Refreshed, strengthened. Even the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. So we pray that tonight, Lord. Sometimes these things are not easy to see because the dark veil of death lies over this world. Sometimes it's difficult to see through the fog. But even when there's clouds in the sky, we know the sun is shining. And we know that you are on the throne. And you have promised it. And it is impossible for you to lie. And thus you will bring these things to pass. Help us to wait and trust. 
and to be about your business because that's how we can best redeem this time. And to tell others of the good news of this banquet on Mount Zion, on the holy hill. And Lord, we want to pray for those in our city who don't know you yet, those who may be prodigals. Maybe they have found themselves in a place where they don't want to be, but I pray that they would run home. And I pray, Lord, that for the saints that are holding on and they've been waiting and trusting and waiting and trusting, that they'll know that you have got them in your capable hands. Underneath them are the everlasting arms. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them. You've been listening to He Will Swallow Up Death for All, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 25. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings and more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, this is one of those chapters, Isaiah 25, that I don't want to leave because, uh, I had said a, a few days ago when we began Isaiah 25 that this is one that you want to sit in and meditate on, especially verses 6 through 9. But, of course, it does get hard at the end, and there's some powerful imagery here about those who don't know the Lord and those who won't repent of their sin. And it's about as powerful and ugly as it gets. And so the the beauty of you know, death being swallowed up forever and tears wiped away leads into a warning. Uh, the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, but uh, there will be those trodden down uh, who will not repent of their sin. And you can see that, oh, in verses 10 through 12. And so what's the bottom line for Isaiah 25? Well, it's this. A beautiful future awaits the people of God. And an ugly end awaits those who will not obey the gospel. And here's my question. Some of you have been listening for a while, and you've not yet obeyed the gospel. Now you say, what does that mean, Pastor Michael? Because I've been hearing that the gospel is about grace. Oh, it is about grace. But to obey the gospel is to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's to do it on God's terms. It's to understand that Jesus took God's judgment at the cross. And defeated death at the resurrection. That's why Isaiah 25, 6-9 is possible. That's why death will be swallowed up for all time. That's why tears will be wiped away. Because of what Jesus did. And if you're not in Christ, then you don't have that. But if you're in Christ, you have the promises. They're yes and amen in Him. You are a co-heir with Christ. And if you haven't made that official, do it now. Something like this, Lord Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe you came to this earth to live the perfect life that I can never live. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And I'm placing my trust in you and you alone for my salvation. Please save me, forgive me, restore me. I repent and I ask you to be my King, my Lord, and my God. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you're a prodigal and you've been away from the Lord, and the Word of God has just caught your attention. Maybe today you were turning the radio dial and all of a sudden you hear the Word of God. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm the prodigal in the pig pen right now uh, and I need to come home. Man, just get a prayer up to heaven and come home, man. 
There's nothing in that world that's ever going to truly satisfy you, my friend. Come home. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, one way you could reach out to us if you've opened your heart to the Lord or you need prayer or you have a question is we have pastors here Tuesday through Friday, Pacific time. That's nine to four Pacific time at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, we've had a lot of our listeners take advantage of this line, call in for prayer, maybe with a Bible question, maybe just need a listening ear, and we'd invite you to do the same. Do it today, 844-48-TRUTH. You're not alone. You can reach out to us through an email address at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. We are here for you. I want to thank all of our partners, all of our prayer partners for standing with us. We're deeply appreciative. All of you who give to this ministry, remember you can check out everything related to that at walkintruth.com. We're going to be looking at the city of peace as we continue to march through the book of Isaiah. Thanks for being with us. Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Our station in the Bay Area is up for renewal, and that price per year is $3,500. Would you please help us reach that goal before the end of the month? If only 70 people will give $50, we'll reach that goal. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click donate, and then on Kept FM. Once again, you can donate at walkintruth.com, click donate, and then click on Kept FM. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 26 called The City of Peace. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.